Hello, 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 and welcome to another episode of From Lizette with Love. My name is Lizette Wells, and I will be your host. So um, I just wanted to um, start out, as I always do, by giving thanks to my Heavenly Father God, our Lord and Savior Jesus Christ, and the Holy Spirit, who is known as the Great Comforter. I also want to thank everyone who has tuned in and has listened to me uh, across multiple uh, podcast platforms. I wanted to say thank you for that. I appreciate your support. It means more to me than you will ever know. Um, I also pray that everyone is being safe in this time during the COVID-19 pandemic. Um, Today is May 5th and a lot of states are starting to ease social restrictions and things of that nature. So uh, prayerfully, we will not see a spike in cases and that we will get to the other side of this where we completely flatten the curve and return to life as normal, whatever that means, right? So um, I just wanted to also invite you to join me on Twitter or on Instagram, you can follow me at Lizette Wells. That's Lizette, L-A-Z-E-T-T-E underscore W-E-L-L-S on either Twitter or Instagram. And I am also recording this episode for it to be available on my YouTube channel. So I welcome you across many platforms. I invite you to connect with me and I look forward to interacting with you. All right, so we are at episode two and today I wanted to talk about something that is um, pretty near and dear to how I have managed to obtain peace in this life. There are so many things that can distract us and can cause us distress. Um, A lot of them have to do with the relationships that we have with people. And I just wanted to take a couple of minutes, if you don't mind, to share with you how I manage to maintain peace as it relates to the relationships that I have with people across many platforms in my life. So be it a coworker, a family member, even my own children. I apply these principles to allow me to maintain peace and not lose my mind as it relates to how I interact with very many people, a lot of whom are very important to me, okay? So in today's episode, we're going to look at three things. Um, First, we're going to look at letting people be who they are. Um, There's a quote that um, I'm going to share with you from Maya Angelou that speaks to that. And we'll break that down. Um, But just letting people be who they are. Once they show you who they are, believe them. Um, The second thing we're going to look at is your response to now that you know who they are and how they are. And then lastly, we'll look at what you can do moving forward to maintain the peace in your relationships with very many people in your life. Okay, sounds good. All right. So let's just get right into it. So one of um, my favorite quotes comes from Maya Angelou, and I'm going to read it. It says, when someone shows you who they are, believe them the first time. People know themselves much better than you do. That's why it's important to stop expecting them to be something other than who they are. (laughs) That last sentence, man, 
That's why it is important to stop expecting them to be something other than who they are. We cannot allow people to, or rather we cannot allow ourselves to go nuts in trying to have people be something that they're not because they just don't really have um, that capability or awareness. So let's break that, let's break that quote down, shall we? So um, the first part is when someone tells you who they are, believe them the first time. And so when I looked at that part of it, there's a couple of things that came to me. So um, the first thing is to believe them the first time, right? And when you're first interacting with someone, or maybe if it's even someone that you've known for several years, you know, it's easy to take them at face value, to take them from the perspective of they're always going to be who they are and they're never going to be someone different, right? So does that mean that people can't change? Well, if we're talking about continued interaction, um, we're looking at the first time um, for someone new. So if it's someone that you've known for some time, then you do have a history and you have historical knowledge of who that person has shown themselves to be. If it's someone that you just met, then the first time applies, right? So people may show their representative, we hear that phrase a lot, um, people are putting on airs or they may be, may be wearing a mask. So when people show you who they are, believe them the first time. But in this day and age, in the world of personal development and personal growth, the opportunity does exist for people to change. The question becomes, are you the catalyst for change? Are you the one that has been assigned to make them be someone else? And so while we can take people at face value, we can also know that the opportunity exists for them to be someone other than who they're presenting. But for the first time, take them at face value. Let them be who they have shown you to be before you can start taking on a project um, and rendering yourself the catalyst for change that you may see that they need. Um, and what's most important is that they may not even see that they have a need for change, right? So. When we're talking about first impressions or maybe even someone that we've known for X amount of years that we haven't had the opportunity to influence, let people be who they're going to be, right? And so the second part of it says people know themselves much better than you do. And I, I felt the need to challenge that a little bit because do people really know themselves? Do people really take the time out to do the work to understand the place from where they are operating, right? Like there are a lot of people that are navigating, especially romantic relationships. There are people who are parents who are conducting themselves and interacting with their children in a way that they don't even recognize that they're repeating the pattern of parenting that they received. Or in a romantic relationship, someone may go from one lover to another, repeating old patterns, not recognizing that they actually have these patterns to repeat, right? So, um, you know, I would challenge that. And who am I to challenge Maya Angelou? I mean, I'm little old me, but um, in this day and age, you know, people do have a lot of opportunities through many multiple personal development, personal growth avenues to really take the time out to know who they are. But do people really take the time out to do that work, right? And so, um, again, it goes back to if they don't know who they are and you see something that they don't see within them, are you that catalyst 
for change? Are you the one to bring about them being who you see them to be, but also who you want them to be? And that takes us to the third part of this phrase, right? So that's why it's important to stop expecting them to be something other than who they are. So if people have to do the work to recognize who they are, um, how can they be something different if they're not even aware of who they are? And that's why it's important for you to stop expecting them to be different because they don't even know who they are. If someone doesn't recognize that they're not the best parent or they're not being a good mate, uh, maybe even being a good employee, they're just taking those habits from one place to another and they don't recognize that. Um, and if they do recognize that, do they want to change? And so again, why would you expect them to be something different if they don't want to be something different or they recognize that the opportunity exists for them to be something different? So um, I, I just really wanted to lay the groundwork for why people are the way that they are. And again, you will find so much peace within yourself when you, uh, when you look at people from this framework, from you, when you look at people from the perspective of this is who they are, this is who they're presenting themselves to be in the world, regardless of whether they know it or not, this is who they're presenting themselves in the world, uh, presenting themselves as in the world. And do you really have to take the project on for them to present themselves as someone else? Okay. All right. So now that we have an understanding of why people are, and believe me, we can belabor this project. This is by no mean an exhaustive measure for us to understand why people they are, but just to kind of keep it light and on the surface, um, this lays a good framework for us to understand why people are the way they are and whether they know whether or not they know how, how they are. Okay. So now that we've unpacked that, how do you respond to that? How do you interact with them given that you recognize that you have to let people be who they are? And so I would challenge you to look at it um, from a couple of different ways. So the first thing is now that you know who they are, recognize that how they show up in their interactions with you and how they present themselves has nothing to do with you. It, it, it really just doesn't. It's about their own reference, their own life experiences. And sometimes what you get from a person has nothing to do with you. As a matter of fact, I've challenged that most times that what you get from someone has absolutely nothing to do with you. And you've probably heard the saying before that how, treat, how people treat you is more of a reflection of them than it is of you, right? So if we can frame our responses from that perspective, it causes us to give a little bit of pause. If you had someone come at you nasty, like let's just take probably a pretty much standard situation, maybe you go to the DMV or the um, the MVA, wherever you're from in New York, we call it the Department of Motor Vehicles. In Maryland, it's the um, Motor Vehicle Association. But that's like one place that we all know where people just show up and they're like angry, like mad at you, right? But um, if you were to take it from the perspective of maybe they don't like their job, 
Maybe they're just having a bad day. Wherever you go, any type of service industry, even in your relationships as a parent, um, you know, looking at not maybe maybe parents, not a good example, but certainly in a romantic relationship. Right. So if you have a new boyfriend or girlfriend, let's just use that as the example. Right. And they don't call you consistently or they don't show respect for you in a certain way. Um, Ladies, we love men that are chivalrous. They don't pull the chair out for you. Um, It's not that they don't have respect for you. It's not that they don't have feeling for you. They just may not know how to conduct themselves because that's just who they are. It has nothing to do with them not having a certain feeling for you. It's just who they are and how they've been, right? And so when you find yourself interacting with people in those situations, you know, how you respond can be everything. And what I would challenge you to do is to respond to the action and not necessarily attack the person. Because the action, again, stems from so many different life experiences that have absolutely nothing to do with you. So in your response, you would be best served to look at the behavior, address the behavior. Don't let it be about the person, let it be about the behavior. So. In that way, you're you're working to salvage the relationship because you can sabotage a relationship by saying, you're so this or you're so that. It's not necessarily that they're so this. It's that their behaviors and their life experiences has caused them to show up in this particular situation and conduct themselves with you in that way. So your response, you know, you, you always have a little bit of time in when you respond and That's something that I would certainly want you to take away from this. When we have someone treat us in a specific way or do something that we don't necessarily like, we want to come right off the cuff and we want to respond. We want to get our point across. We want to share with them that we've been wronged. I would challenge you, and I know this might sound cliche and it may sound corny, but I would take a deep breath and I would use the framework of, okay, This has nothing to do with me. This is truly about what they're experiencing or their previous life experiences. And how do I want to respond? I want to respond in a way that addresses the behavior, but not attack the person. So I know that seems challenging in the moment. And I promise you, I didn't wake up this way. It's certainly something that I I had to work on. But really, a deep breath will go a long way and giving you the opportunity to determine how you're going to respond. And now that you've had this great insight, you know that when you're taking that deep breath, you're formulating a response that looks at the behavior and not the person, okay? So now that we've looked at why people do the things that they do, why people show up in the way that they are and how we get to respond, the last thing we wanna look at is how can you move forward? right? Especially in relationships that are going to be continual, relationships that we're going to be interacting with the person regularly. Co-workers, family members at special gatherings. How do we want to proceed in a way that maintains our peace? And I have a very specific example that I'm thinking of that 
I really have seen growth in the relationship and I've also experienced peace within myself because this is someone that I'm going to have to interact with. I cannot get around it. But once I recognize how this person conducts themselves and I recognize that there's a power that I have in the response to their behaviors, the next thing that I did was look at how I can move forward because the phone's going to ring, the gatherings are going to come, and how do I want to maintain the peace that I worked so hard at maintaining to not be taken apart and come unraveled by my interaction with this person. And so to that, I say two of my favorite habits. So I I mentioned in the trailer, one of my favorite books is The Seven Habits of Highly Effective People. And the second half of the book starts with, so the the books are broken down into habits one, two, and three, where you deal with yourself and habit four, five, and six, where you deal with, I'm sorry, one, two, and three, four, five, and six, you deal with how you respond to people. So one, two, and three, you do the work on yourself. Four, five, and six, you look at how you respond to people, right? So habit four is to think win-win. Think win-win. Go into your interactions thinking this is going to be something that's going to, they're going to benefit from it, and I'm going to benefit from it. It's not going to be the chaos. It's not going to be the drama. It's not going to be all of the previous interactions that I have had with this person before. This is going to be great. This is going to be awesome. And it may, again, it may sound corny and and cliche, but I promise you, you go into these interactions saying, this is going to be great. This is not going to be a repeat of the past. This is not going to play itself out continually. We are moving in a better direction. And I know that the past doesn't have to repeat itself. And it starts with me, right? So you go into it thinking win-win. Habit four. Habit five. Seek first to understand, then be understood. And again, that may not play itself out in a a relationship with a family member. Maybe it has more to do with work. You're having a challenging coworker. But it does go back to what I said previously. Just understanding where that person is coming from. Recognizing that they have a perspective and it's valid. Whether you agree with it or not, is not your work, it's not your job, but it's valid because that's that's where they're showing up. That's how they're presenting themselves. That's valid to them and you can't discount that. So you do have to give them that opportunity to show up how they're going to show up, but you should seek first to understand that perspective, right? Again, it's not about you. Nine out of 10 times it's not. You seek first to understand. And then the other half of habit five is to be understood. So because you've given pause, because you've allowed that person to be who they are without judgment, without recognizing that, well, with recognizing that this is not an attack on you, that this is them showing up in a way that they know how to show up. Now you can be understood because you've given that pause. You've allowed that person to be who they're going to be. Good, bad or indifferent. You have that piece, that perspective that you're coming at it from. And it allows you to be understood in a different way. Now, listen, I am not going to sit and act as though this work comes easy. This takes years and years of practice. I will will agree with that. But what it does do is kind of give you the opportunity to have an edge on the next challenging conversation that you have, right? So again, 
Seek first to understand their perspective and then be understood. Be understood, get your point across. But your point coming across comes from a different framework because you've done the work. And it can be challenging to interact with folks. I'm telling you this work, I I enjoy the work that I've done over the past 10 years on myself, but I also recognize that not everyone is on this journey, that not everyone has taken the opportunity to do the work that comes with self-awareness and personal growth, but you have, and you bring that to the relationship. So you get to frame it from a way that doesn't A, attack the person, and B, allows you to respond in a way that doesn't take you from zero to 60, because we know people can do that, right? So again, um, when when you have that framework, letting people be who they're going to be, good, bad, or indifferent, whether you like it or not, whether you think they should change or not, that's not your work. You, You let them be who they're going to be, and you can look at the interaction from that perspective and say, this has nothing to do with me. Everything that comes from the interaction with this person, they are responding from a place that they have been through in their life. Whether you think they should be in a different place, you're entitled to that thought, but you don't need to take that on as a project. Okay? And so again, When you do the work from your perspective, the other person may not even recognize it. They may not even recognize that you're showing up in your interactions in a different way. But when you continue down that path, (laughs) they, they can't put a finger on it. They'll just know something's different. And I would challenge you, you don't necessarily have to spill the beans. You don't necessarily have to say, you know what? Uh, I'm working on how I respond to you and I'm going to respond from a place of peace and I recognize it's your behaviors um, and it's not you. Like you don't need to, because you can actually take all the work that you've done and undo it because now you've created another rift in your relationship. So not to be deceitful or inauthentic, but That's a little something that you have. That's a little something that you know that you're bringing to the relationship, you're bringing to the interactions. To me, it's the sweetest thing because it's like sharing a little bit of love with people, giving people a little bit of grace, rather they know that they need it, rather they deserve it. It's not your call. It's really not your call. Your job is to let people be who they're going to be, good, bad, or indifferent. Don't take on the project of trying to change them. They may not even recognize that the opportunity exists for them to be different or better. And who's to decide what's better? So let them be who they're going to be, good, bad, or indifferent. Look at how you respond to it. Give yourself that pause. Recognize that this is not the person. This is their perspective. Because it's so easy to attack the person and not the behavior. So... Look at the behavior and recognize that a lot of times it has nothing to do with you. It has to do with the experiences that they've had in life. And then lastly, frame all of your interactions from that perspective. I'm telling you, it's like walking up to someone and you can't really smile every time you turn around because that would be weird. But you just have a little joy in your heart. You have a little peace in your heart knowing, you know what? This is going to be a great interaction. It's not going to be like it was before. Um, I'm going to let them be who they're going to be, but I'm also going to show up in a way that's authentic. 
Um, and I'm going to love them. And I'm going to just think the best of them, regardless of what has come from the past. It literally is like a little secret that you have, that you're sharing with them grace. You're sharing with them love. You're sharing with them intention to allow them to be who they're going to be. And I promise you, it gives you a place. It gives you a sense of peace because the anxiety that can be created that comes with interacting with people, framing it from previous interactions can take you over the edge. But if you recognize that this is going to be different and this is going to be great and I'm not going to go from zero to 60 because I know what it does for me, but I also recognize how it hurts the relationship. You continue that. I promise you, you let people be who they're going to be. Look at how you respond and recognize how you can go into your future interactions with them. Your relationship with those people or that person will change exponentially. I'm telling you from experience, I'm speaking this to you with love. It works. Listen to this podcast again. (laughs) If you need to write down steps one, two, and three, step one, let them be who they're going to be. It has nothing to do with you. Don't try to change them. Don't take it on as a project. You will drive yourself crazy. Step two, frame how you're going to respond. Give yourself pause. Recognize that it's the person, that it's not the person, I'm sorry, and that it's the behavior. You're addressing the behavior, not the person. And step three, Look at how your interactions are going to be with that person moving forward. And I would even challenge that the next time that you go to interact with that person, start with step three. That challenging person that you have to deal with, go into it thinking, this is going to be great. This is going to be different from before. This is going to be amazing and meaningful. And I'm just going to love on them. And people are going to see, they may not see the difference in it right away. But you already got steps one and two in your back pocket. Go into your interactions with them, starting with step three. Okay? All right. So that's all I have for you guys this go around. Thank you again for joining me. Um, Again, I'd love to interact with you um, and I'd love to hear from you. Follow me on social media. Follow me on Instagram or Twitter. Lizette Wells, L-A-Z-E-T-T-E underscore W-E-L-L-S. Feel free to reach out to me on those platforms. Also subscribe to the podcast. That really helps me to know that not only am I walking in my purpose, but I'm making a difference in the lives of other people. Okay. All right. So until we get together next time, I'll see you in about seven days from now. It's Wednesday. I'll see you next Wednesday. Until then. Be great and be intentional on purpose. God bless.